0: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to The Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Day. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. We have a lot going on here today. We will have some theology Thursday, next hour. Three non-political questions as well. We'll have a conversation at the bottom of this hour. That's an excellent follow-up uh, to this unfortunate election where we saw uh, really uh, Karen strike back. Um, although, actually, that wouldn't be an apt description that a lot of Karens are married. It's just you would know it uh, from the men that they are married to. Uh, we saw unmarried women strike a mortal blow to sanity in this election all over the country. And that is another reminder that you cannot avoid the world you conflict here. You are not going to running on jobs and the economy, weigh yourself out of this. You can go out there and talk about all the technocratic lingo you want, When people are like, I see your technocratic lingo and all the signs of economic cataclysm and societal um, imbalance, and I raise you my convictions. I mean, just because you've abandoned, just because y'all over there on the right have abandoned your religion, doesn't mean we're going to abandon ours. And there are some consequences. For this worldview cataclysm that we are experiencing at a people as a people, and they are sadly being experienced by those who decided this last election in the areas where it wasn't stolen and and, and it's for me, maybe you're different than me, and that's okay we're all different we're all uniquely and wonderfully made in god 's image I don't struggle to detest and despise Nancy Pelosi. We'll, we'll get in, I know, because it's an Aaron's montage. We're going to get into the marriage vote yesterday and the, and the consequences of that. All the Democrats that voted for it, I'm not angry with. They belong to a party that is openly a demonic construct. They are to be pitied. They are, they are the people that Christ at the cross said, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. But the day is coming that they will forever, and they will regret it, which is why I pity them. No, it's the, it's the people wearing your uniform who claim to know better and should, who betray you with a kiss. Those are the people that Christ referred to as broods of vipers whitewashed tombs he had far less pity for those were the people that he confronted and called out he didn't turn over the temples and fashion a whip of or turn over the tables and fashion a whip of cord in the temple because he couldn't believe that the pagan uncircumcised people of rome had constructed yet another altar to jupiter no he did it when he walked into his own temple and saw what the people who were supposed to know better and claimed that they did what they were doing. Now, it is Mitch McConnell that I struggle not to hate. And I just want you to know up front, because I'm always transparent with you as much as I can, I'm losing that battle. And I prayed about it. And I feel real good about where I'm at right now. Because there are consequences for those who affirmatively assent to the spirit of the age. Brad Wilcox from the marriage project. He's going to share some of that data with us here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, let's go to Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
1: What happened while we were away, brought to you by Meet the New Boss, literally the same as the old boss. Senator Mitch McConnell easily overcame a challenge from fellow Senator Rick Scott to stay the Senate Minority Leader. The secret ballot vote went down in favor of McConnell 37 to 10. Here's what McConnell is interested in in the upcoming term. My
0: message to the administration, and you saw some of it this year, let's find some things between the 40-yard lines that we can agree on and do them. And we did some of that this year, infrastructure, chips, school safety, mental health. We need to make some progress for the American people, but it's gonna have to be in the political center. If the House becomes Republican, There's no more one party running over us like they did through reconciliation.
1: That same Senate yesterday with the help of 12 Republicans voted 62 to 37 to declare war on the American church via the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Those 12 Republicans are Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Capito of West Virginia, Susan Collins of Maine, Joni Ernst of Iowa, Cynthia Lumens of Wyoming, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Rob Portman of Ohio, Mitt Romney of Utah, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, and Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Carolina. On the other side of the Senate, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says amnesty is a top priority for him.
2: Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants.
1: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was asked about the prospect of a civil war in the GOP. People just need to chill out a little
2: bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. It was a it was a it was a substandard performance given the dynamics that are at play. So hopefully we'll be able to be able to do that. But I think what people like me, who've been given the opportunity to continue, is okay. Uh, let's do something with that. And the reason why we won historic victory is at the end of the day, we led we delivered, and we had your back when you needed us. That, that is why we won big.
1: Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds has been tapped to lead the Republican Governors Association, a huge upgrade over its former chair, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. Moving on, despite the fact that the White House has already admitted a couple of stray missiles, which landed in Poland, killing two, were not launched from Russia, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says. And whatever the final conclusions may be, the world knows that Russia bears ultimate responsibility for this incident. Meanwhile, at the G20 summit, these are the prime ministers of Canada and the UK. Hello Vladimir, it's Rishi and Justin. I really wanted you to hear from us as friends. We absolutely know how difficult yesterday was. It was horrific for you and your country and we have called it out in the session that we've just had uh, and on the media here this morning and we made that point loud and clear uh, to the, to everyone who was here that what your country had to live through yesterday was unacceptable and represented uh, yet more uh, barbarity from the Russians. We stood united in condemning it. Rishi and I really wanted to, to reach out to reassure you. Uh, to show you, we're standing with you, uh, and to say we're gonna, we're gonna uh, figure out this uh, step by step altogether. Thank you, Vladimir. Talk to you soon. Now, this is not a joke. YouTube yesterday flagged a video from the World Government Summit in Dubai as a conspiracy theory. The title of the video in question: "Quote." Are we ready for a new world order? And finally, think of those aforementioned 12 Republican senators who voted to declare war on the American church when you hear this couple of minutes of straight truth, no chaser, courtesy of St. Mary's Church in Listowel, Ireland.
2: What is so sad today is you rarely hear about sin, but it's rampant, it's rampant. And we see it, for example, in the legislation of our governments. We see it in the promotion of abortion. We see it, for example, in the, in the example of this lunatic approach of transgenderism. We see it, for example, in the promotion of sex between two men and two women. That is sinful. That is mortal sin. And people don't seem to realize it, but it's a fact. It's a reality. And we need to listen to God about it, because if we don't, then there's no hope for those people. And so God is also telling you and me today, look, You have a responsibility to seek out those who are lost. You have a responsibility to call people to an awareness of the fact that sin is destructive. Sin is detrimental. And sin will lead us to hell. Today, God says to us, I have come to call sinners. But if you don't admit you're a sinner, then you're not listening to my call. And I can't do anything for you. Because it's a two-way street. Now, there are people, to see, who won't like to hear what I'm saying. But the day you die, you will find out that what I'm saying is not what I invented. It's not what I came up with. It's what God is saying. And the day you die, you will find out that is the truth.
0: And that's what happened while we were away. Thank you. Thank you for throwing that in at the end of that montage. Because I have to tell you, after watching that Rishi and Trudeau video, I was going to go home tonight and give my wife some very unfortunate news okay I don't have any testosterone left I'm just tapped out here so have you researched celibacy I'm out but thankfully at a time I could literally feel my voice raising to soprano level of octaves after watching that video, does it, get, it... It It's always those guys, too, by the way, isn't it?
3: I thought it was a remake of Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> it's always those beta guys,
0: man. Every time. Hitler was like 5'5". Five, five, asexual. germaphobe, Failed painter vegetarian. It's always those guys. Always. Every time. That end up being the worst tyrants and... I thought watching even that small clip might have robbed me at my age approaching 50 of whatever is left of my dwindling manhood. But thankfully, uh, Aaron, you came in with a save at the end and reminded me somewhere in the world. Doesn't happen very often in Salt Lake City, doesn't happen very often in the Southern Baptist Convention, doesn't happen very often pretty much anywhere. But somewhere in the world, there is a man in a pulpit telling people the truth where was that at in ireland list of well. never heard of it i hope it goes viral it did there's there's someone left one man left fearless in a pulpit and now i can sort of feel my vigor returning to me again aaron's montage brought to you by keeps speaking of dwindling manhood Maybe you're worried about that receding hairline or you just want to maybe head that off at the pass and take care of the hair that you already have. That's what our friends at Keeps will have you to help you do with clinically proven FDA-approved hair loss treatments that are now available online. No waiting rooms, pharmacy visits. Keeps is delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. That's right, half the cost. And if you have questions, you can message your Keeps provider 24-7. So if you're ready to finally take action, join thousands of guys who have saved their hair with Keeps Visit keeps.com slash grow that's k-e-e-p-s keeps.com slash grow for 50% off your first order at keeps.com slash grow so let us let us get to the montage Uh, and and there's really two main points that i i want to make out of aaron's montage today number one as aaron said at the beginning meet the new boss literally the same as the old boss all of the same people that were in charge of the Republican Party in Washington before one of the biggest blown elections of my lifetime are all still going to be in charge. Because you think it's a failure, and it should be. You, I mean, you, you should be right, right? I mean, pre Trump, what we were told was. Um, the the lie the canard was, well, all you know we don't care about how principled the platform is. We don't care about any of that, and we just want to beat Democrats. That's all we care about. And don't take it personal. It's just that we go get these soulless technocratic candidates because they pull well, and that's why we run them all the time. Right? That was the we heard that lie for like thirty years between between the moment Ronald Reagan exited stage left uh, stage left on the national stage. To the, to the emergence of, of Donald Trump. Pretty much right, that, that was the 25-year conversation from with the Republican Party, right? That mm-hmm. we have to nominate these guys because these soulless technocrats, just people love them, and they're the only people that can win, and we're not here to advance your ideology. That's not what a political party is. We're just here to beat Democrats. That's the prime directive of the Republican Party, right? Yes. Right? Okay. All right. So then the, the base is like, well, wait a minute. Well, here's a guy... Self Can self-fund his own election, doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's a, one of the most popular celebrities in the world. Okay. And he's got, you know, he's, he's got a wide variance of beliefs. He's pro-life now, but he gave money to Planned Parenthood, right? He's going after Colin Kaepernick now, but he donated to Al Sharpton. So he's got, he's not particularly, you know, devoted to an, slavishly to an ideology. You know, he's got some generic, you know, pro-America bent Right, you know, and he can self-fund and he's widely popular. So, okay, all right, you guys are right. After 25 years, we figured it out. Okay, so MAGA it is. Oh. Then you found out that MAGA it isn't. (laughs) Ah, yes. Because the prime directive of the Republican Party is not to defeat Democrats. It isn't. That's why when they govern, they often do things from read my lips, no new taxes, to signing the largest tax increase at the time in American history, to, what was it? I law, it was it 52, 48. How many votes did they do on repealing Obamacare when Obama was in charge, right? It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Then they get in charge and they've got all the votes, right? No, no repeal of Obamacare withstanding. None forthcoming. Weird. Strange. Um, Why? So we crafted our own lie. The lie that the wife that knows after her husband doesn't come to bed every night for more than a year. That her husband has gone from bothering her for sex to not bothering her at all. ...to spending a lot of time at the office late at night... ...which just so seemed to coincide with the hire of a very attractive receptionist. She knows, but she, she likes her bridge club. She likes the neighborhood she's in. She likes the lifestyle. She's afraid to go out on her own. So she knows, she knows, but she has crafted a lie to avoid confronting the truth. That's what we did. And the lie we crafted is that somehow everybody we kept voting for was just really dumb. Weird. Like captains of industry, multiple master's degrees, successful attorneys, and then just a weird thing would happen. We'd vote them into office with an R after their name, guys, and it was just suddenly turds for brains. Like, I mean, like the minute they won an election, like the, 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 the IQ dropped 100 points. Odd. That's a lie. First, they lied to us. Then, we lied to ourselves. So I will tell you the truth, because I'm not your mom. I'm your dad. And that's what a dad's job is. The truth is, the reason all of these people are back in power after the failure of this election is because it was not a failure. On a national level, the Republican Party exists to control you and generate controlled opposition. That is why it exists. It is not. The stupid party. It is the Washington generals. The Washington generals consented to being fodder for the Harlem Globetrotters. They were in on the act. They were a part of it. And so are the leaders of the Republican Party in Washington, D.C. And you see this. This is why I'm so devastated that Kerry Lake lost and really don't even care, actually, that Republicans don't have the Senate. I I just don't care. Even privately, have I kvetched about that to you guys like at all? No. No, I I don't care. And before the election, did I not say I would trade Carrie Lake and a couple of other governors for both houses of Congress? Right. This is why our governor, Kim Reynolds, got promoted in the Governor's Association for her success. Right? Because at the state level... There's still a remnant. There's still opportunities at a state level to do something good and have an opposition party. I, I'll, I'll rehash a line that I used to use in the Tea Party era. Everybody talks about a third party. Can we try a second one? I'd like to try a second one first. Well, your second party exists in a few places at the state level. There is some hope. I you know, wouldn't bet my soul on it, but there is some hope with some of these governors at the state level. There is none in Washington. None. That is the capital. It is district 1. It is there to defeat you. And they're not dumb, they're not ineffective. They hate you. They're very good. That's why they're all coming back. Mission accomplished.
3: His football analogy actually taunts you. Yes. With that, you football guy. He says we're going to stay between the 40s. Yes. I feel like that old Eagles coach. Like the point is to win the game. We all yeah. think is the end zone, Steve, in right. between the no. 40s? No, it's it not. is not.
0: It's at the extreme ends yeah. of yes. the field. Yes. But they don't plan on going close. Yeah. That's right. Close to it. Not just. He's telling you with his analogy, I don't plan on winning. Yes.
1: But don't worry, this time, this time they're not going to
0: get rolled over. Indeed. Which brings me to the vote on marriage yesterday. Twelve, and I promise you it's much more. I promise you it is at least well into the 20s. Why was it 12, by the way? Well, Democrats have 49 senators. So to break the filibuster, they have to get to 60, right? Yes. So that means they would need how many Republicans? Eleven. But what would happen if they rolled out with just 11? The pressure on whoever was the 11th would be extraordinary, right? So they didn't do that. They rolled out with 12. Because you don't have enough time to exert enough pressure on two people. When before you could have done it with just one. Then look at the list of 12. 12. Richard Burr retiring, Roy Blunt retiring, Lisa Murkowski likely about to be retired in a runoff. I'd counted five of the twelve, or maybe six of the twelve, counting Murkowski, likely or definitely won't be in the Senate in January. And I would be willing to bet, without even researching it, without even researching it. I've known Joni Ernst for years. I'm not surprised by this at all. That's why I didn't vote for her in 2020. When she was up for re-election. I promise you if Joni Ernst was up for re-election in 2024, she doesn't make that vote yesterday. But she's up for re-election in 2026. Oh, by the way, the same day she makes that vote, my senator, she gets promoted. Within the Senate leadership. I'm sure that's just pure coincidence. Here's your 30 pieces. Enjoy your potter's field. This is the game that is played behind the scenes. They weren't going to put anybody who was instantly vulnerable to you and I up there. Instead, they have Rob Portman who's got a gay kid and is retiring. They do that to you. This is a game. This isn't real to them. Now, one day they will find out that hell is. This is the stuff of Nero. And if we're going to sit here and talk spiritual implications and manifestations about when the spirit of the age manifests itself on on that team, you obviously need to know if you come to this show, I'm sure as hell going to do it when it happens on the other one. This is the stuff of Nero. Now, Nero in our system of government could not put Christians on stakes, light them on fire to illuminate his orgies. He doesn't have the power to manifest something like that. But here's what Nero will do. Lawfare from the federal government of the United States of America will now be declared upon the church of Jesus Christ. The United States government is about to declare itself at war with the kingdom of God openly. On a federal level. No longer just a few blue states like Oregon that want to go after sweetcakes by Melissa or Washington that want to go after Baronel Stutzman or a few crazies in Denver, Colorado and their rainbow jihad that want to go after poor Jack. No, on a systemic level, the United States of America is going to declare war on the church with this legislation. That's its intent. That is the intent of this legislation. And for those of you that are emailing me telling me I was too hard on the LDS church yesterday, tell that to Mike Lee. You need to have a conversation with your church. It's much more Mitt Romney than Mike Lee. Why in the world would Mike Lee be opposing this legislation? If it really was just about respecting people's differences and was no threat at all to the church, then why isn't Mike Lee going along with it? If my characterization of this is wrong, then why are Mike Lee and I saying the same things, even though we go to different churches? Oh, because we're not acolytes for the spirit of the age. The people running your church are. That's why they tried to get Evan McMuffin into the U.S. Senate instead of Mike Lee. Did we not just have this election, guys? Save those emails in my inbox. You're the mark. Whenever you walk into the room wondering who's the mark, it's you. Every time. You're the mark. Michael, knows what time it is. That's why he's opposing this. This isn't about anything other than declaring lawfare upon the church in America, period. That's what it's about. No one wrote more about Christian living in the Bible than Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. He lived as a free citizen in Rome. He had civil liberties. He had habeas corpus. Couldn't vote. Had a lot of the other same rights, though, that we do. You believe Paul would vote for any of these Republicans after that voted for this yesterday after or any of the ones that will vote for it in the House here soon. Think he'd vote for any of them after something like this? I sure don't. Which is why I never will again. Period. It's not America first. And I love the country. I mean it's America first over Ukraine. It's America first over Mars because I don't live in Ukraine and I don't live on Mars. I live here. Chances are, if I lived in Ukraine or on Mars, I'd be Mars first. But ultimately, you have America. We have America because it was declared God first. And so if the choice is the church of the Republican Party versus the church of Of the only true living God. Guess what side I'm going to try my best to get on. Who's got more wins? God or the Republican Party? Gentlemen, your thoughts.
3: Well... To be fair, Steve, again, that that depends if you're playing only between the forty yard lines, because then winning has a different <laughs> different definition. You know, you didn't even get to this. Here, here's in trying to combat this, you're dealing with the likes of Lloyd Austin. Who basically, it doesn't it doesn't matter what Ukraine does; it's all Russia's fault. It doesn't matter what Ditch McConnell does; it's already somebody else's fault. There's there's no standard of accountability that we can hold people to anymore. The truth is dead. Reality is dead. That is the most challenging thing about this. When is the last time, as we stressed before this election, accountability mattered? And we thought, which is why I said this was the most important election of my lifetime, because it was going to acknowledge that we needed to get back to that. And everybody took a pass on it. So expect way more of Lloyd Austin's. Agreed. In those days, Israel had no king. So everyone did what was
0: wise in their own eyes. That sanity is gone. That is now where we live. This is time of the judges kind of stuff. Romans one kind of stuff, Aaron.
1: It absolutely is and the words of that priest in ireland though are just as true as they were yesterday or the day before or two weeks ago when it originally came out there's a hell it's really real it's really hot there's a savior but that's a two-way street here we are sinners we have to admit that and those who shake their fist at god will understand that one way or another one day
0: amen
4: We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at prestonwood.org chosen.
0: We continue to see record high inflation, debasing of our currency, devaluing of the dollar, and it doesn't look like this last election's going to do much to alleviate much of that, unfortunately, given the results. That's why... You want to check out our friends over at bullion max. Find out why smart people, successful people have been using gold and silver for eons now, really uh, as successful hedges against inflation, government debasement schemes, etc. Get started right now with bullion max's silver starter kit. They'll offer it to you at employee pricing. That's the that's the most inexpensive they could possibly make it for you. Just go to bullionmax.com comes with 5 Silver starter coins, including the very popular American Eagle and the silver Australian Kangaroo and more. The offer is so good, though they they want to limit it to just one per household, please. So get yours now when you go to bullionmax.com slash Steve. Again, head over there today because it looks like this election's not going to save you, unfortunately. Bullionmax.com slash Steve. Brad Wilcox has been with us before. Uh, he is over at the University of Virginia uh, and also the National Marriage Project, and we want to welcome him to the show. And Brad, it's uh, good to have you with us. First of all, condolences, obviously, to everybody there in the University of Virginia community with an, just an awful, awful tragedy, brother. So I uh, can't even imagine what life is like there trying to even contemplate what normal is right now.
4: Yeah, thanks, Steve. I've got a a bunch of students who are really struggling right now. So I appreciate your concern here on on that shooting.
0: One of the things that obviously isn't as immediate as a concern as uh, those life and death situations, though, but uh, there is a concern of a trend line that we saw in this election. And I, I think that we should have expected some form of unmarried woman protest against the overturning and smashing of the shibboleth of Roe versus Wade vote. That ended up, though, being this year's Suburban Woman. Like what we saw in 2020, who said, yeah, sure, you know, I'll go with, you uh, yeah, we got to get rid of mean tweets, so let's do a dementia patient instead. Right. Uh, that was the uh, the hidden rural Trump vote of 2016 that nobody saw coming in the in the four, um, you know, uh, north states, you know, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania uh, and Michigan, uh, for example. There's a three of them that determined that election. Right. There was that hidden vote this time or that time. This time it was unmarried women they showed up like white evangelicals would for trump uh and and they had almost a white evangelical for trump turnout for democrats uh in the places where we're not debating the integrity of the election the outcome certainly seems like it was determined by them they literally said brad i mean we kind of scoffed on our show democrats in this last month last month are running on Uh, continue with systemic societal collapse so you can have systemic child sacrifice. turns out there was actually a boomer market for that.
4: So, Steve, what we saw in the most recent election, as you know, is that um, Republicans won both married men and women and also won actually unmarried men um, as well. So that, that was, you know, I think part of the story. But they did exceedingly poorly among unmarried women, as you're saying. So Democrats got more than 30... You know, percentage point advantage with unmarried women. And that was really a crucial, what I call kind of a female firewall for the Democratic Party in the most recent election. So there's obviously a number of factors, including abortion, that help to explain why unmarried women are much more likely today to be trending in a progressive and in a Democratic direction more generally.
0: How, lay those things out for us. Is, is it, yeah, it, it yeah. and 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 help us uh, for those of us that are on the right here? Help us to think beyond our own stereotypes. Now, maybe our stereotypes are accurate. I don't know, but but is is there is there a more nuanced answer here other than I just want to kill my kid, and since I don't have a husband and my daddy was bad, the government does that for me, right? That's our stereotype, right? Is yeah, there more the to stereotype. it than I, that? I
4: think you know, just just speaking more about kind of the broader you know sociological research here. I think what we're seeing basically is that for more educated. Unmarried single women, um, you know, more professionally inclined. I think part of the calculus is that, yeah, abortion is a backstop. That if you find yourself with an unplanned pregnancy um, and you're worried about kind of maintaining your professional status, your job, your lifestyle, you know, all that, then I think you see, you know, abortion as a way to secure, um, you know, everything that you're kind of invested in. So I think that's part of the story in terms of thinking about this sort of broader, um, you know, movement towards the, um, the Democratic Party among more educated single women. I think for less educated single women, including, obviously, many women who are single mothers, um, there is a sense the Democratic Party is much more invested in their uh, their financial well-being, their family's well-being. They see the Democratic Party as um, a kind of financial backstop, as a source of security um, on any number of issues, you know, from health care to, you know, the child tax credit um, to you know um to uh, subsidize housing for instance so for different reasons i think you know single women on the upper side of the ladder and then on the lower side of the ladder um look to the democrat party as you know um a key source of support for them in uh, in this world that we're living in
0: who's happy in america right now brad
4: so what um what What we're seeing in the data, and I, I, you know, I wrote about this about a month ago, Um, I was looking at a a new uh, survey from YouGov um, and just happened to notice there was just a really striking difference between conservatives and liberals in happiness, you know, in this data. And I've actually written about this in the New York Times, you know, a little while ago, just sort of the broader pattern. But this, this, this level of kind of difference was really kind of striking. So what I saw, for instance, it came to complete satisfaction was that you know only about 16 percent of liberals were kind of articulating um, you know completely satisfied with their life and about 31 percent of conservatives were so almost a kind of twice you know odds uh, where conservatives are, are you know much more happy with their lives uh, than liberals and kind of saw this pattern across a number of different uh, questions in this new survey from yougov um, so this is kind of striking, and then when I looked at it by sex, I saw this sort of happiness divide was sort of biggest um, between the liberal women and um, and conservative uh, women. So, uh, 15% of uh, liberal women were completely satisfied with their lives compared to 31% of conservative women. And then when I looked further into that, you know, uh, difference, I saw that a lot of this um, ideological difference in happiness could be attributed to both marital status and happiness with uh, their families. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's just a huge divide in this this recent research when it comes to family satisfaction for conservative women versus uh, liberal women. So I think there's a big family story here when it comes to happiness and voting as well. And it's one that's worth obviously paying attention to.
0: Quantify what those things mean. Take us beyond talking points into a worldview explanation for why those numbers are what they are. Is it just as simple as conservative women tend to be more traditional? And so it's it's just easier for them to find some form of happiness and satisfaction in marriage because um, they align from a worldview standpoint with the institution itself. Uh, Maybe more uh, secular women, left-wing women do not, and maybe have expectations that this will do something for them in terms of fulfillment that no human being in and of themselves can fulfill. Is it more general? Is it more specific than that? Quantify it for us if you don't mind.
4: Yeah. So in terms of the numbers we see in this in this recent YouGov survey is that 61 percent of conservative women say that they're completely satisfied with their families. That compares to just 36 percent for liberal women. This is, a, I mean, a, a, a huge divide in, in, you know, I don't see divides like this typically in a poll. Um, and when you unpack that, what you see is it's partly about the fact that conservative women are much more likely to be married um, and then it's also about, you know, if you're kind of basically factoring in marital status, you know, as a, you know, as a control variable, even among, um, you know, married women, you see conservative women have a conservative have a slight advantage over their liberal um, peers uh, who are married. So I think, you know, as I sort of think about this issue, um, I would say the biggest story here is that for a number of different reasons, conservative women are more likely to end up getting married. Like mm-hmm. that's the biggest factor here. Um, And then once they're married, I think conservative women are, you know, a bit more likely to be happy in their marriages compared to both moderate and liberal women. So on the first issue, on the marriage issue, I think, you know, a big portion of that is just the fact that conservative women tend to be more religious and religious folks are more likely to, you know, prioritize marriage in their 20s and to be in touch with, you know, with men who are marriage minded. Um, and, you know, so they're more likely to, to go ahead and, and put a ring on it. So that's, I think, part of the story. Um, and then when it comes to sort of once you are married, I think the conservative women have a more um, – they're more accepting of um, differences between women and men um, when it comes to sort of, you know, how they interact, how they divide housework and childcare and paid work in the household. Um, and you know that makes them, I think, um, more satisfied with you know the fact that in most marriages today, even in, in liberal marriages today, it's still a case that men tend to focus more on earnings and women tend to focus more on um, the care of, of the kids and and the household. So kind of that reality tends to go over you know better with conservative women than it does with more women. So those are some of the reasons why I think we see sort of these. Um, pretty big divides emerging when it comes to, you know, both our politics today and then also um, this happiness divide that I was writing about last month.
0: Maybe this is my own worldview bias. When I hear you quantify this, this is what it says to me. When, when a fish says I need to be free of this water, I can be so much more than just being immersed in this water. Uh, I was meant for so much more. And the fish gets out of the water the fish finds out that it was uniquely designed and equipped to live in the water and um, can't sustain itself outside of that habitat. That that's, That is its design. It cannot overcome its design. Do you get the analogy that I am making here? Because sure, it, it sure I, seems yeah, like your data seems to indicate something along those lines. We can come up with all kinds of newfangled theories and ideas and everything else we want, but, but in the reality, we can't outrun the old magic here.
4: So Aristotle said that we're social animals, and I think this is true for both women and men. Um, And I think we're seeing, you know, obviously deaths of despair, Especially my working-class men, just skyrocket in recent years, and that's really focused among you know guys who are who are not married, either divorced or never married. Um, and this happiness thing that I just was writing about last month, I think is is really evident among women, um, that we're seeing kind of this this happiness divide among you know uh, women who are married and not and not married, and and that's where the conservative piece comes into. So I think you're you're kind of on the money there with that, um, with that way of thinking. Um, But I also just want to stress here too, and one of the more interesting things is that what we see is um, when it comes to women's marital happiness, that they're much happier when their husbands are engaged in the family. And strangely, um, there's some evidence, there's kind of what I call a J curve in the marital happiness um, outcomes for women, where women who... In very liberal marriages, and women in very conservative marriages are doing relatively better than women kind of in the muddled middle. And I think part of what's happening here is that in both of those contexts, in the more kind of feminist world and in the more pr- primarily religiously conservative world, um, men, for different reasons, kind of take their responsibilities as husbands and fathers, you know, especially seriously. They're more engaged, you know, in the in the warp and and woof of ordinary family life. So again, I wanna just be clear here, it's not just about what women are doing and thinking and saying, it's also about kind of what are men doing mm-hmm. and, and, um, and thinking about kind of the family. And so one I think takeaway for not just women, but also for men is if we can kind of continue to encourage men to do more to invest um, on the home front, that's uh, likely to uh, make you know, marriage and family life more attractive uh, to women, which I think would be um, a great help today.
0: Brad, how can people follow your work?
4: So I'm on Twitter at Brad Wilcox IFS. um, And then my colleagues at the Institute for Family Studies actually have a blog called Family Studies, which is accessible on Google. And then they can find me also on the UVA website um, just by typing in Brad Wilcox and University of Virginia.
0: Thank you, brother. And obviously prayers to everybody there again at the university after the tragedy. And we appreciate in the wake of that you've given us some time today. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. In these unprecedented times, Dang. make sure you dare not venture into the Let's Go Brandon real estate market without an agent you can trust, and we've made it so easy for you to find that agent. We created this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That includes a network of agents all over the country, and a lot of times, they come from right here in the same audience as you, so you know they'll share your values. They've all been vetted with a verified full-time track record of success. Otherwise, we would not recommend them. That's why we have a a waiting list of thousands of agents across the country that want to be listed in our referral database, but we don't just take anybody. We make sure they're trustworthy before we recommend you trust them. The process is simple to get started. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com today, provide us with some basic info, and then our team will contact you to make an introduction to one of our preferred agents when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Any thoughts or feedback in the conversation we just had with Bradley Wilcox?
3: It's really important to have Brad on, not because you don't already know this, but you need to he- hear it from his frame of reference at the University of Virginia. You know, we we believe in the things of God. Brad may or may not, we really never get into that with him. But the people on the other side always say, we don't believe in your silly spaghetti monster in the sky. We believe in science. Well, there Brad is over there saying, um, here's the science And it shows uh, that you're broken and miserable and believe in nonsense and you'll never, ever be happy doing what you're doing. That's what the science actually says. And in return, they say, I don't care. You need to acknowledge that because you need to understand that unless you acknowledge that, you will never know how to proceed accordingly. That's what you're dealing with. Somebody, when they say they believe in the science, they don't. They just want what they want.
1: This is why the allusion to sin being slavery is so apropos, uh, especially in, in the New Testament, when we when we uh, when we find free the, the the term freedom in Christ, when we have salvation, it is not a freedom to sin and have no no uh, no no worries about your you know your uh, eternal life. It's not freedom to sin and and uh, you know sin so that uh, grace may abound. No, it's freedom from sin. That's what's playing out. That's what's playing out before our very eyes. And it's the ancient lie, obviously. We want what we want. Even though, even when we're told it's bad for us. Even when we know we're miserable, we want what we want. Because we are all not basically good. And if it were not for the good grace of the Holy Spirit, uh, we would all be like that. We would all be like that. But that conversation that we just had, as Todd just said as well... These, these folks know, they can feel it deep in their bones. They know that they are not happy. They know that this is not how things were designed. But they are in bondage to their own sin. And so the response as as much as it should be, or as much as we want it to be, uh, making up stereotypes. And some of those stereotypes, I'm not convinced, are not accurate, based even on that conversation with Brad Wilcox, at least amongst some of the unmarried women. It should be pity it should be pity because I mean what can you say what can you say to that level of cognitive dis d- dissonance mm-hmm. the invincible ignorance mm-hmm. if not just for pity now that shouldn't change our response and our resolve to fight but at the end of the day this is a spiritual battle and you when, it, when you break it down in the terms that I just did it really is tragic
0: We'll continue on in Hour 2 with our series on Theology Thursday as we continue with our third and final book study looking at the spirit of the age this year. And then we'll have three non-political questions as well. Stay tuned for all of that and more here in Hour 2 next. here with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast you just reminded me i forgot to get my we were talking during the break i forgot to go get the book out of my bag i might <laughs> have to share yours thank you that's how we do that's called show prep folks live right here screw it we'll just do it live that's why um, you
3: keep me around. Stuff like just this. to hand
0: me stuff. Yeah. awkwardly live on the air. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin, who just hands me stuff awkwardly on the air. Uh, he is Aaron McIntyre. You are you, and you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, Steve at That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, Me We Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Getter Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me uh, at Real Steve Dace at Real Steve Dace over on Truth Social as well and then get clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show and again the last name is D-E-A-C-E thanks to all of you who are podcast listeners you're a big part of the program's uh, ongoing success in spite of us and uh, we just can't thank you enough. Please, if you have yet to do this, uh, leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. You are greatly cherished and appreciated. Uh, this part of the show is brought to you by our friends over at Battle Box, And this is where I bring Aaron in to talk because Aaron is manlier than me. Um, they signed on to the Steve Day Show, but this is right up Aaron's alley. And, and Aaron is increasingly becoming... Uh, survivalist, given the, uh, the the current conditions on the ground here in the formerly United States of America,
1: there are a couple of things along those lines that I would like to say, but I don't think I can say them on there because I would have the FBI showing up at my front doorstep if I said them along those lines. I'm not going to give you any hints of what they are, but yeah, no you're you're correct about that assessment. And you know, if you like hunting or survivalism, which you might actually do. You, you might actually you might actually enjoy those for pursuits. sport and fun, of course. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, camping, not hunting necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Uh camping and survivalist pursuits. Battle box is perfect for you. I mean, they send you a box, literally a box full of things that are actually useful to you if you are interested in either of those pursuits or interested in bugging out someday if the need should arise. Battle Box, the one that I got, I keep harping on it. Excellent, excellent uh, knife uh, that can be used for a number of things, whether it's uh, just cutting off branches. It's big enough to you. You could use it for a lot of different uses. Really nice. Uh, Got some things to start fires from scratch. Uh, We've got some uh, MRE type things, some 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 food for you. I always say if you got just one of these boxes, especially if you got the one that I, 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 uh, I, I received, you could go out in the middle of nowhere and probably... Probably survive for at least a week or two uh, while you got on your feet with the whole survivalist uh, setup. So, yeah, Battle Box, if you're interest, interested in camping, survivalist pursuits, or if maybe someday you need to bug out, Battle Box is your ticket.
0: If you want to sign up with Battle Box right now, you can also get a free mystery box worth over a hundred bucks with any new subscription. When you go to trybattlebox.com slash Steve, again, a free mystery box worth over a hundred dollars with any new subscription. When you go to trybattlebox.com slash Steve, just so you can be prepared for hunting and survivalism. Two. Uh try battlebox.com slash Steve. All right, let's continue. I'll give that back to you now that I remember what chapter we're on. Thank you. Uh, let's continue with our book series uh on Theology Thursday. We started this year with the intent of getting through three books. It's going to be close whether we can finish this book by the end of the year. And if we can't, I might just go ahead and have us go to the end of it when we get to the end of the year. Just so we finish the series and I kept my word, which is cheating, I know, but all the cool kids are doing that these days, right? Used to be one used to be one man, one vote. Used to be one chapter one week here on the show too, right? You know what I'm saying? We might we might chapter harvest this mofo here when we get to the end of the year if we're not done with it. How do you like them, apples?
3: Lloyd Austin says thumbs up.
0: <laughs> we started uh because we, we went through these three books for the simple reason that we we wanted to know. What we were up against practically, not just theoretically, not just theologically, not just philosophically. Practically, what are we up against? So we started by taking a look uh, in a very cold, bitter one during the winter. We took a look at what is the most obvious and ominous manifestation of the spirit of the, spirit of the age, at least in my lifetime. And that is COVID Stan. And we did that with Scott Atlas's book, A Plague Upon Our House. Then we took a more comprehensive look at how the spirit of the age tends to behave regardless of situational circumstance with my book, Do What You Believe, or you won't be free to believe it much longer. We have now begun taking a look at how it has invaded us in the economic sphere. And we are doing it with a book called Thank God for Bitcoin, The Creation, Corruption, and Redemption of money. And you know, when we laid this out, we had no idea. When when I laid out when I laid these three books out to Todd and Aaron last December actually, is when we laid this out that we were going to do these books before we even started the year. We had no idea that by the time we got to this book, inflation would have increased 485% in America since the last month of the Trump presidency. We had, we had no idea that that was going to happen. We had, we had no idea that one of the largest crypto exchanges in the West was going to turn out to be nothing more than a Bernie Madoff on steroids money laundering scheme and Ponzi scheme, like the story we're looking at going on in right. the world right now, right? We had no idea. We had no idea that uh beloved sports celebrities like Shaquille O'Neal and Tom Brady uh, were, were going to be sued because they were the one because they were pitch people for this exchange. A lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about in this chapter and and, and the chapters to come in this book, we thought that we would struggle when we got to this book to make it more practical for you. <laughs> No, no. I mean, this book is just at this point, it's prophecy. And we are living through the fulfillment of it as we speak. For example, the chapter we're doing this week has a very simple title. And again, I made the determination to do these three books over a year ago. Not having any idea what the conditions on the ground would be in the fourth quarter of 2022. We're on chapter three of this book. And the name of the chapter is inflation. And here's why I chose to do this book. There are more thorough books about fiscal and monetary policy we could have done. There are more thorough books about the, the morality of economic and fiscal and monetary policy we could have done. But I don't know that we could have done anything that makes it more applicable in bridging the gap between those two paths. For example, the second subhead in this chapter on inflation is the consequences of unrighteousness. See, for many years on the right, we have been told... There is social conservatism and there is economic or fiscal conservatism. And that there is a means by which we can just technocratically, with the power and allure of the free market, maintain a healthy, free, liberty-based democratic society. On the other hand, the people that we were up against all these years, they never bought into that at all. They were growing government. They were printing money. They were debasing our currency because of their moral values. Because the government and the policies they pursued and the role they thought government should play in our lives were, was an extension of their moral values. So, for decades in this country, the political duopoly, when it came to economics, operated thusly. One side said, we completely want to try to divorce morality from the economic discussion, debate and argument whatsoever. Right. And that was a lot of the people that we voted for as if a and, and uh, as if a free market would just happen on its own. As if a free market would police its own. The other side said, we're only going to discuss economics, fiscal and monetary policy in accordance with our morality. So gentlemen, let me start there. Which side won?
3: You're kidding, right?
0: (laughs) Thought I'd start with an easy one. Thought I'd start with an easy one. Which side won? The one that pretended that this was an amoral exercise or the one that acknowledged it is a strictly moral one, albeit with immoral morals. The latter. Yes.
1: The latter has won. Yes. I, I w- and I, I want to, uh, I'm glad you went where you went first, Steve. The whole, the whole, uh, socially uh, liberal, but fiscally conservative, get behind me, Satan, that has never become more crystal clear than it is reading this chapter mm-hmm. in this book. Mm-hmm. And for, quite frankly, if you think like that, screw you. If you devalue the human life, the social liberalism, by saying it's it's okay for an abortionist, a baby killer, to reach in and crush the skull of an unborn baby, if you're fine with that, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, it is an impossibility, you cannot simultaneously say that you're... Uh, Fiscally conservative. Because as this chapter spells out, when you debase a currency, you create more of a supply of money, which is debasing a currency, devaluing the money that people already have. Mm-hmm. What you are implicitly saying. You're stealing from them. You're stealing from them. But it goes beyond that as well. You are saying there's a less lesser value on you as a human being. Mm. Your dignity is being destroyed. Because your worth and value and your work is being devalued and destroyed. So, no, 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 no. There's not some uh, three-dimensional chess. There's not some, uh, I, there, there's, there's not some sort of, um, I don't know, crime scene board with different lines of uh, yarn going different places. There's a direct line between the value you have on human life and the value you have on human work, I, a.k.a. money. So you cannot be for one and against the other. You must necessarily be for one and for the other. If you are physically conservative, you you you, you cannot possibly, in any coherent way, be okay with being, I don't know, pro-abortion, pro baby killing because they're the they're just extensions of the same issue. And if you want further proof, look at what you just led this off with there's one side that talks about the morality their own morality in the same conversation as they do their own uh, fiscal policy they're the ones actually being consistent consistently hellish yes but consistent and that's borne out
3: I hesitated initially because well I'll agree with Aaron I th- My thinking, and it was a thinking with the election and that didn't quite pan out, but yes, they won, but it could be a pyrrhic victory because while we set aside the moral so easily, the financially, even though we understand that it's moral, this may be the place ultimately that finally wakes people up. If our comfort is rocked in the right places, Um, that still feels like a... A hail mary, but let me let me lay it out for you in, in broader terms. What what is the new cri- the the crypto f- FTX? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I believe it's what it's called. Yes. Well, listen. What he, he ultimately that whatever the, whatever the initial strength of whatever he was doing, he then people wanted to lend. He borrowed off of that. uh Ultimately, people came calling for it. He overextended himself. He and he couldn't meet those demands he did not ha- have the closed loop that as i understand it is the hallmark of bitcoin right yes it is a zero-sum game yes it's limited
0: in quantity yes has to be traded peer-to-peer right a yes. lot of the stuff we talked about in the last chapter we talked yes. about well, in that's this book a, yes.
3: this guy w- w- regardless of whether his in his initial crypto in and of itself was a closed loop he created an economy of scale around him and what he was doing with it that was no longer a closed loop there was not enough there there Mm -hmm. to meet the call Mm -hmm. well this is this entire book so far is talking about that and it lays out the statistic again in this chapter, just like it's baffling because we think of the year nineteen thirteen, and we think of you know buggy whips and things like that. Our dollar today has ninety five percent of That's the. That's when value the Federal
0: Reserve was created, yes. right? Nineteen thirteen. As in
3: nineteen thirteen. Yeah, that is mind blowing. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Well, how does that happen? Well, we want to buy creating money to pay Ukraine. You should blame for that, but that just happened. This year, what has been going on since 1913? And this is where all of us have to take hard looks in the mirror and reevaluate things. And that's what I mean. When you find what finally hits you in the gut where you frame things, the three of us have mortgages, right? Mm -hmm. This chapter talks about there's no closed loop with our 30 year mortgages. Mm -hmm. It's not backed by something. Mm -hmm. Every time we get a 30 year mortgage, it's just inventing more money. So we're all part of this. Every conservative, every churchgoer, Agreed. we are all part of this. And th- th- and uh, it it talks about the fact that we just we don't we don't save anymore. Our consumer society forget just we think of that as va- vanity, but go beyond that and talk about what we think just the regular process People like us in this room, what you do as a responsible human being to even take care of your family, move out of your parents' house, get a a job, provide as men for your family, get that house. Well, right there, get that house. How many of us are doing that with the money in our pockets? Nobody. And if we're really going to go back to this is a football, we got to ask ourselves, how much do we have a right to complain about this? How much of a role? And I, I don't know, like I said, I love talking about moral economies, gen- this is what we do on this though, theology. Th- this is where my eyes start to gloss over and I'm trying really hard because it's it's just not as intuitively entertaining for me to read a book like this. But like I said, this book is, is doing as good a job as it can to make it that way, to make me invested on a spiritual level on my duties and how I spend each and every dollar and for what? The current
0: cause in Genesis, the main origin of our current inflation crisis is COVID. All of the bailouts, the, 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 the business loan monies, the, uh, the stimulus checks... The printing of money—that's what is the stats only eighty percent of every dollar printed in the history of the U.S. Treasury yeah. has been printed in the last what three years or right. something. Right, That—that's the impetus of that, and that began under the previous president. Now, this is what all you've heard me say: bad Republicans or bad Republican behavior always leads to worse Democrats, right? So, you know, George H.W. Bush does the largest tax increase in American history at the time. Bill Clinton gets elected on the on the strength of the of the unpopularity of that, and then actually does an even larger tax increase. This, is, this, has been play, this has played itself out many, many, many times. All right? And so, so the Trump administration, and there was a very limited amount of, of people who stood up against it. One of them, Thomas Massey, did. Trump tried to get a primary opponent for him uh, standing up against it, by the way. Failed. Uh, the, so the previous administration did this, and I'll excuse that they did it in an emergency. Okay. But see, you've now set the moral precedent that if there is an emergency... We can violate the laws of nature and nature's God if there's an emergency. And if we're saying there's an emergency that supersedes the laws of nature and nature's God. We're really saying we're God. And if that's not a moral statement, I don't know what is. Right? Yeah. If we're saying that there are exceptions to the laws of nature and nature's God. And and we determine when those exceptions have emerged. We're back at the garden here. Economically, we are asking, well, did God really say? I mean, what if there's a virus and we have to shut everything down, right? That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, um, there's never been any plagues or anything before in human history to guide us through how to get out of such a process. We thought we were making the morally prudent decision to shut everything down and print a bunch of money. We weren't. We made a heinous mistake but we established a moral precedent. And so therefore now everything's an emergency. The COVID emergency, they just expended it. They, the Biden administration just extended that into April, right? Okay. So the, the, the baseline of we can violate the laws of nature and nature's God by the previous Republican uh, administration, the Trump administration, that they took it to right here. Where did Democrats go when they took over, do you think? Way over there. That's the new, you just established with the new baseline. So everything's an emergency. Climate's an emergency. Jobs are everything's an emergency. Everything's an emergency. So we're just gonna print, 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 print away. And inflation has gone up 485%. It was already modestly increasing when Trump left office. It was going up about two, three, four percent. It's gone up four hundred and eighty-five percent since he left. Because we think there we think if things get tough, that we can find exceptions to the absolute truths we cl- and moralities we claim to believe in, that will just be for a very limited time. It'll just be a limited time offer. What we're, the spirit of the age says, thank you very much for agreeing to the premise of our argument. And so if, if all we need to do now to declare the laws of nature and nature's God to be null and void, and we are masters of this domain... We are the we are like the most high. If all we need to do to affirm that is conjure an emergency, well, then never let a good crisis go to waste there, my friend, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, praise the Lord and pass the emergency. Emergencies abound. Emergencies abound, and here we are. In the Obamacare years. Before you guys came to work here, I would sit on this show and scream my head off. That Republicans were making the argument that Obamacare was bad policy because it was too expensive and we couldn't afford it, would break the budget. Okay, so if we were, if 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 it balanced, it'd be totes cool to take people's doctors away and uh, make men pay for pap smears and make um, you you pay for tranny surgeries and abortions. That if we if you can balance the budget, right, always always making the point at, other than the premise. Why? Because we're a godless society and the vast majority of people, right or left, don't want to be held accountable to the laws of nature and nature's God. One side wants to be held accountable to the laws of nature and nature's God when it's easy, when it's simple and things aren't difficult, but then wants the freedom to cast that off when, once they become so. The other side just doesn't want to be beholden to them at all. How's that for a moral argument for you? That's where we are. And that's where we are economically. And now we're in a system to what you were talking about, Todd. We couldn't break ourselves free of this if we tried. Who, what percentage of Americans could actually save the money to buy their own home when they work until at least June 1 for the government every year?
3: Who could do that? No amazing- one could! <laughs> Amazingly, you could come a lot closer to it in 1913 yes. than you could right now, which would blow people's minds. Yes. So you say, see, you're connecting. You're, you just described the script of the Mysterious Benedict Society. Yeah. Normalizing. I was even
0: thinking about it when I was mentioning that saying the emergency so much. you yes.
3: the emergency. Yes. And once you normalize the emergency, you take away a gold standard or again, you break the closed loop. This is, I was thinking about teachers unions and public sector unions the entire time I'm reading this because at least with private sector unions... And you've gone, talked a, a lot on this show in the past uh, uh, about their necessity and their utility. But they have a closed loop in their negotiations. There is a genuine give and take w- between the, the the private entity, uh, the, the, the worker, the private sector worker and the privately held company. In the public sector union, they're all playing with somebody else's money. There's no closed loop. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you have the emergency in education, it's it's for the children or whatever they create all the time in education. Correct. And then you have no closed loop. You're going to get the same thing as you get with what I said, an inflation with uh, 30 year loans. You're just going to constantly have a system in place that guarantees a devaluing of money and morality at the same time. And then and, and 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 there's no
0: way you can exempt yourself from it so you have to participate in your in in your own children and grandchildren's demise you have to take that if you're a construction worker you're going to you have to take that government job working on that same section of i80 our entire lives that never gets fixed that, that there's no no demand for no market for it's an the entire job you have is an inflationary construct mm-hmm. But if you don't take it, how are you feeding your family next week? You're already living paycheck to paycheck. So then the option is I don't take the job, and then I'm just on government assistance. So I'm an inflationary construct whether I take the job or I don't. So at least if I take the job, I'm doing something productive. I'm doing something with some form of meaning, knowing that at the same time, I am debasing the future wages and earnings of the next generation, which I'm already doing anyway with the Ponzi scheme known as Social Security. Treason never prospers. What is the reason? Because whenever treason prospers, none will dare call it treason. This is why I don't believe we're heading to... I've never believed we're heading to some Ron Paul economic collapse. Who will call the note? Who's the class of people that are debtor-free that are subsidizing this for everybody else? They don't exist. We're all slaves to government. The only people that would call the note would be some foreign power. The problem is... We're the only middle-class economy. Well, there's maybe two, or maybe Canada, India. There's a very small amount of middle-class countries that have the economic spending wherewithal to buy to buy the wares that they're peddling. And so this is the scam we're all in on it. And so this is what this is where you get to eventually. You just reboot the whole thing, and you're just one happy global community, one world government, one digital currency. We've, we've successfully devalued and debased all of our nationalistic ones. So, just like Europe had to reboot yeah. in the 90s yeah. with the euro, now we reboot again with the, uh, with the global. We're all just one big happy global family. And now, by the way, we don't have to worry about a Malthusian ethic of scarcity of resources. Why? Because the biggest resource hog is you. And with a global currency, we have the ability to control your output you've traveled too much today so off goes the charge station for your electric vehicle you don't need to you don't need to make that trip we control you that's what all of this is about it was never social and fiscal it was it, it, it was always moral all yes. of it is we just bought the lie yes because it would win crucial. us ele- we thought it would win us elections it, like I said at the top of the show. First, the Republicans lied to us, and then we lied to ourselves.
3: Well, this is very much, uh, no one's off the hook on this one. The road to hell is paved paved with good intentions, and this is what I'm talking about all the time when I uh, talk about comfort. Our comfort, desire for comfort, to pass that on to those we love, is not a sin in and of itself. But when you make an idol of it, boy, howdy. Again, 1913 your money was 95 percent more valuable than it is now and we got there in many respects because you wanted needed to be comfortable more than anything else that's the important thing more than anything else when that happens you get what we've laid out here
0: i mean here's go ahead aaron
1: I was just going to quip one thing real quick. Tristan de Cunha. It is the most isolated island in the entire world. I believe a f- fairly strong Christian presence there. There's just four or five hundred people on that island. It takes several days to get there from anywhere in the world. No daily flights, no daily boat shipments. We are staring down the barrel of a time when those people who live, live and sustain themselves... Via crops and sheep. They're going to be about 100 to 200 times better off than a lot of us here in the West. We're staring down the barrel. I don't know if that's going to be in a year, five years, 15 years, but that's going to happen. Because in their little community, they did not allow themselves. They've never allowed themselves. They're very selective about who they let in. They've never Mm -hmm. allowed themselves to become corrupted by the same system that we're all, as you pointed out, participating in.
0: Think about that. Sounds very pilgrim-y. Yep. Sounds very puritanical. Huh. Profiling, surveillance, data harvesting, a lot of things not to like about that I mentioned censorship? A lot of things not to like uh, about big tech giants. That's why you want to check out. For less than $7 a month, uh, you can join in the fight against big tech by using ExpressVPN. How do you ever think, by the way, big tech companies uh, that offer you their product for free, uh, how do you think they make all their money anyway? Well, they do it by tracking your searches, your video history, uh, and everything you click on. And then they sell your personal data uh, to maybe even at times some, shall we say, nefarious entities. Uh, ExpressVPN will help you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address, a unique identifier that every device has that allows Big Tech to match your activity back to you. That's why I've got ExpressVPN on all my devices to make it much more difficult for them to exploit me and my data. ExpressVPN has won a ton of awards. It is so simple to install. Literally just a couple of clicks, five minutes away. You can have it on all of your devices right now. If you don't like Big Tech tracking you and Selling your personal data for a profit, time to fight back. Visit ExpressVPN via Zen Victory, expressVPN.com slash Steve right now and get three months of ExpressVPN for free. Three months for free, an extra three months for free when you go to ExpressVPN.com/slash Steve. Again, head over to ExpressVPN.com slash Steve. And with that, it is time for three non-political questions.
1: This just popped into my head. Last time we played three non-political questions, I asked you what business did you think was the most likely front for a money laundering scheme? Now, I didn't, full full disclosure, I didn't know what an FTX was prior neither to not, a week and not. a half ago. But yeah. if one of you had said that, boy, howdy. You probably should have played Powerball. Uh, question number one. What's a college major that you would not recommend people get? And I know that's a lot of them, and I'm excluding, like, even nowadays, nursing and doctor majors, okay? What's a college major that you would not recommend somebody getting, but that's not total BS at the same time?
0: I would say there is, in as a general point, there is no point to going to college, period, unless you require an, or have a skill set or an ambition to be a part of uh, a trade or an industry that requires a certain level of specialized accreditation, doctor, lawyer, that kind of stuff. Anything other than that, I would say, I'd say they're all BS. There's there's no point to it at all. All, all you're doing is uh, accruing debt or you're accruing debt that then the government will forgive and then just, Adding on the whole inflationary conversation we were just having, okay? But there is no point to it. Um, Most people go to college for prolonged adolescence to find themselves, to figure out what they wanna do. It's the societal expectation. The reality is, unless you have you're wanting you want to go to school or you want to pursue a career in something that requires a certain level of accreditation that you cannot acquire independently or via some kind of trade school or anything of that nature, then then all of them are a waste.
3: All of them. Man, you did connect the dots to the last segment. Yeah, I was. I just, mean, all. I was just thinking what's the, same the thing. biggest reason for all of the useless degrees? It's what we just what got. Just done? Said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's phenomenal. That's the
0: that's the cultural expectation. I'm a loser if I don't go. Um, it it's uh, it it's prolonged adolescence. That that's that's Who's why.
1: who's more likely to be able to afford a house, save up and afford for a house? Let's say over like a starter home over the course of ten to fifteen years, somebody who got a plumber apprenticeship right. yeah. or somebody who. Fill in the blank degree. That's
0: part of the gig economy. Yep. That's probably that's making probably 70, 80, 90 grand a year with no debt. But but they've got a slew of of, of student loan debts that are oh, yeah. that are eating into that yeah. nut every single month at the same time. Yeah.
3: Well, based on a conversation I just had today before the show with my buddy who's in town, I'm going to say an education degree. I mean, we know that's absolute nonsense, what's taught there, but with the credentialing, it, it's just what you have to do, even if you're uh, a conservative and, and want to s- just kind of suck it up and get through it, but mm-hmm. little did I know. I mean, I know they have programs uh for you know people who have like our age who have want to help in inner cities where they'll help them but his daughter is i i believe 24 25 year old woman she has no teaching license and she's just teaching in florida apparently you don't even need a teaching license down there if you're six through 12 or something like that i'll have to get i didn't have time to get all the details where did the people
0: who educated abraham lincoln where'd they get their teacher license from
3: I, I'm. I, I'd love to know who the um, what's her name. Um, who's the NEA gal? Randy Weingarten. Right, you're yeah. Of? yeah. Who's the Randy Weingarten of the time? <laughs> yeah. Delightful woman. I'm sure.
1: Yes. This kind of went a different direction than what I had an anticipated because you know, I'm of the mind as well that most college degrees are completely and, and totally worthless, other than even nowadays, as I said, nursing, doctors, things yeah, where you things actually special accreditation. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think one degree in particular. That I wouldn't recommend people getting. And, and if you're in the audience and you have a degree in this and, and you're working or you're using it somehow, this is not I'm not meant I'm not meaning to slam you. I'm just this is a general statement. Most college is not is just not for most people and it shouldn't be for most people um, uh, just because it's it's a waste, as we just said. I think one degree that is not BS, but I would not recommend people getting because it it is fairly highly specialized. And if you're, you know, unless you're going to be an academic or something like that, I wouldn't recommend getting this. Psychology. Psychology is fascinating. And I don't think now there is some obviously there are tentacles to this, but as long as it's somewhat grounded in in uh, non uh, modernist thought, like at least the psychology classes that I took. I took a couple of them. Uh, it is just incredibly fascinating, uh, an incredibly fascinating field that I don't think is complete and total BS, if that makes sense. Question number two What's on your list to watch or get caught up on over Thanksgiving and Christmas breaks?
0: We just finished The Watcher on Netflix, and it was, I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, Amy did not like it. Um, For me, uh, I've got—I <laughs> don't know. Uh, I don't—I don't have Christmas break planned. My Thanksgiving break, I've got several showings beginning Saturday uh, to to small groups of people, family, investors, and others of Nefarious. And then Thanksgiving, you know, in between that, I've got so much football to watch and there's a lot of college basketball that I love too. I I don't have plans. I wanted to see the watcher series. You guys know what that's about? It's about the, it it, based on the true story of the family that was getting weird notes about their home from a guy who was signing himself as the watcher was a story a couple of years ago. It's in it. I actually enjoyed the series quite a bit. Amy thought it was boring and didn't like it, but uh, I don't, I've got so much going on with nefarious and, and football Thanksgiving. I don't have anything else planned right now other than that. Um, so you guys and you guys know the way I, oper- I I operate. One thing at a time. So I'll start thinking about what I want to plan out for Christmas and stuff when like within the le- couple of days at the end of December before we go on vacation. Um because I I'm going to have to do some traveling with Nefarious as well. I haven't I'll have to take it to Dallas. Uh I we haven't announced it yet, so I guess I'll announce it now. I'm doing a screening if you are going to America Fest for Turning Point USA in December in Phoenix. I'm doing a screening of Nefarious. We just haven't announced it yet, so I guess we kind of just did. Uh, but I'm doing a screening of Nefarious at the Turning Point USA America Fest event in Phoenix. Uh, I think that's December 17th through the 20th, I want to say. it's Whatever that Sunday morning is at 9 a.m., we're going to have Nefarious take you to church. All right? Sunday morning at 9 a.m., I'm doing a screening of Nefarious. Can so, you do
3: me a favor when you're down there? Yeah. Arrest Katie Hobbs? <laughs> Citizen's Arrest.
0: Yes. I would love to believe me. So um, I've got I've got so much going on with that right now. I haven't even had a chance to think about that yet, although based on the conversation we were just having, maybe season two of uh, Mysterious Benedict Society. Now that I know that it's out, that might have to be on my list because I loved season one so much.
3: Uh, I'd imagine I'll be catching up in a binge capacity with uh, Yellowstone let uh because that uh, that's on paramount that doesn't all come out at once let it collect a little bit because right now uh my wife and i are uh, going through season five of the crown which is um excellent again and there's a new jack ryan coming out is there i with I, 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 that seems like a show i should like with jim from the office yeah um season w- season one excellent okay season two not good no okay. uh but he's good. Okay. Uh, so I think there's that. And, and, has uh, anybody... and I want
0: to see the Chris Pratt show too from earlier this year.
3: Oh, you gotta watch that. Okay.
0: That 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 ticked off the, all the right the people. list. Yeah, oh, that's that's on my list that's too. That's
3: fantastic. High body yeah. count. It's yes. excellent. Yes. yes. Yeah. For me,
1: uh, there was a new Grand Tour Amazon Prime special that dropped a couple of months ago that I haven't watched yet. <clears throat> dropped right at the beginning of the football season, so uh, I'll watch that. It's in Scandinavia, I think. Uh, then I'm going to watch Andor. I'm going to give that uh, a try. A Rob, you know, here at, at uh, Blaze Media. Man, I, I've, tried it. It.
0: I've tried. I've tried. I fell asleep in episode two. I literally fell asleep.
1: So I'm going to give that a try. And then Mysterious Benedict Society season two. There's something else. Something oh, else well, that you I'm know, forgetting. Yeah.
3: I know what you're thinking of, Aaron. And what Steve, is this is on your holiday schedule. I know they won't go all the way through to Christmas. But you're the dialed in for the World Cup, The right? World Cup. Starts this Sunday, Steve.
0: I had no idea that it started this Sunday.
3: And you're even more in because did you hear about the American crest? Well, I've heard that there's I've heard there's I,
0: I've I've heard there's not an American team in the World Cup this year. I've heard that. Well, that, that another country is because they, being represented. Because of instead. the crest that yes, they're, yes, they're yeah.
3: paying homage to yeah. another I land.
1: Wonder, uh, what would happen to you if you walked down the street is Doha in Qatar? And cutter. How do you say cut cutter? Is it cutter or Qatar? I've heard it of both, both, but I think it's Qatar. Cutter. cutter. Yeah. Um, if you rock down the street in any city in cutter with uh, like a rainbow rainbow emblazoned something or another.
3: Oh, let's find out.
1: Yeah. Are we gonna find that out uh, here yeah, in the next I month or so? so? Let's see what would happen. Uh final question. If you could do one thing that would sure fire. Instantly improve your favorite NFL and college football teams. Mm-hmm. One thing that would instantly—and you need to be sp- specific as well. If it's a specific player, you need to say the specific player. If it would make them better instantaneously, like next week. What would it be?
0: Uh, a quarter. I I I can't complain about a Michigan football program that's won twenty of the last twenty-two games, and almost all of them were by double digits. All right, so
3: You complain about it on Twitter every week. Yeah, what are you talking but, about? But
0: but that's in relationship to winning like one game. Okay, I think. Why is I, JJ worse than I was quarterback? I just saw that. Okay, but that was in relationship to. Uh, is this a game plan that I think can beat Ohio State? Not like dissatisfaction with the program. I am. We immensely enjoyed ourselves last weekend. We had a great time. So let me let me go to the pro team because that does have systemic problems and has had for decades. All right, what what I would what, what I would do is, um a quarterback who can make plays off-platform, off-script, and with his legs turn third, four, third and four and third and five into first downs. That's what I would do. Um, and, and I think if you don't have that, it's really hard in today's NFL, unless you've got a situation like the Rams had last year with Stafford and everything clicked, you know, you can do that for a limited time. But whether it's Aaron Rodgers for your guys or Pat Mahomes for your guys or – and it doesn't even have to be somebody that great about Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, okay? At the, if, 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 you have to, if you have to be a statue getting protection to get the ball off every time, these guys are just too good at athletes. A quarterback that can make a play off-platform and off-script, whether that's a throw on the run, whether that's able to run on third and four and third and five for a first down to extend a drive
3: – that would be it. I would. Um, Aaron, what's your quarterback's name? He's escaping me right now. Pat Mahomes. No. Oh, Spencer College. Petrus. Oh, Spencer Petrus. Petrus.
1: Oh no, Todd. Do not. I do.
3: I, are you going in the direction I think you're going? I don't know. Am I? What? I can't even. What's my quarterback's name? the badgers graham mertz. graham mertz uh for the rest of the season if i was his coach i would call him spencer petrus to his face oh i thought you were gonna
1: say you would, would just because bring in spencer petrus and oh my god remind
3: him every day that the quarterback that was mocked mercilessly nationwide for inadequacy to the point of almost breaking down just owned you so i would just that's your name now hmm. i like that
1: I know you're tough love. Is that where you thought? If you like this, you're if you like that, you're gonna really love this, Steve. Because I know how much you love this offensive uh, formation. I get rid of Spencer Petrus, there's a guy on defense who plays like five different positions on defense, named Cooper DeGene for the Iowa Hawks. Run Hawkeyes. the Wildcat? Run the Wildcat, because I know you love the Wildcat. I hate cat. the Wildcat. You love the Every Wildcat. Every
0: time a Wildcat fails,
1: an angel just, gets his wings. You just want to date the Wildcat, Steve. That's how. My, that's <laughs> o- the only reason why you hate it. Uh, yeah, I would just run that. It couldn't be worse than what we've got most, most yes, times. Yes, it unless, could. Unless, it's at
3: Wisconsin. <clears throat> I just unless, got done saying that.
1: Unless you're playing uh, Northwestern or Purdue's, apparently, defense, I don't think it could get much worse. I mean, you sacked Spencer Petras like seven times last week, something like that. So um, the NFL level. Quickly. I, I don't know. I I don't know what I would do at the NFL level. I, I, I don't know who's out there ready to go on, on defense. So I guess let's sh- throw another shrimp on the Barbie, go out there and sign Odell Beckham Jr. Because why not?
3: That's so Aaron Chiefs right there.
0: <sighs> who's got it better than us? Well, nobody, nobody. Yes. So folks, this is the time of year that a lot of us are looking for charitable causes to give to. And there's a lot of great ones. One of the best ones that we've donated to is our partners over at preborn. You guys know the life issue is extremely important to me, but what I love is that they know it's not an issue. It's a ministry. Uh, they uh, they show moms the sonogram of their babies. And about 80% of the time they've done that over the years, it's convinced her not to go forward and go through with an abortion. Uh, they've probably saved over 188,000-plus babies that way over the years with pre-born. But it's the extra step they take that I love even more. They are there for the mom, too. Remember, I my mom was a 15-year-old mom in crisis. I grew up with my mom, you know. I was one of these babies we're talking about. Uh, they provide maternity, baby clothes, diapers, car seats, count and so much more. And they do all of it free of charge, provided that the resources are there from donations from people like us. So you want to stay, help uh, preborn stand in the gap and love them both, both the baby and the mama, uh, to donate. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, or maybe this is easier for you. Just go to preborn.com slash Steve. Once more, that's preborn.com slash Steve. We got about a minute to go here, thirty seconds to go. Any final thoughts?
1: Has off to you for making that uh, transition from me making fun of Jim Harbaugh at Preborn.
3: That was that was well done. Thank you. That's why I get paid the mediocre bucks, you bet. Todd, you're off tomorrow. I am and thank you for that. Going to Arkansas, doing some national soccer tournament playing Ohio State. Well, good luck to the Erzin family.
0: We are going to stick around and do the overtime. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317.
4: This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.